One thing I suspect that very few churchgoers learned about the Bible, or if they did learn it, whether they remember it or not, is the story uh, that of the Lord's Supper is told in three of the four Gospels. The retelling of the night before Jesus' death, Jesus taking bread and saying, this is my body, and then after supper, taking the cup of wine and saying, this is my blood, that story, that story of emphasizing the bread and the wine at the Last Supper, is told in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but not in the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John does recount the story of the Last Supper, a meal with Jesus and his disciples the night before his trial and crucifixion. But when the Gospel of John tells the story of the Last Supper, John barely mentions bread at all and never mentions wine. Instead, John tells the story of Jesus washing the feet of the disciples, and then Jesus tells the story, and then John tells the story of Jesus giving a long farewell discourse. There is no institution of the Lord's Supper at the Last Supper in the Gospel of John. But that doesn't mean that Jesus in the Gospel of John doesn't talk a lot about bread and wine, flesh and blood. He does. And because the lectionary happens to assign these passages at this time this year, for weeks we have been hearing, and for weeks we will continue to hear, John's account of Jesus talking about bread and wine, flesh and blood. Jesus saying, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. The bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life. My flesh is true food. My blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood will abide in me and then I in them. But what we call communion, the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, Mass, whatever we call it now, the act of communing with God is important to John. It's just that John places Jesus' teachings about that communion with God, not at the start of Jesus' Passion, not at the Last Supper, but rather, John places Jesus' teachings about bread and wine, communion with God, right after a miracle story. A story, by the way, found in all four Gospels. The miracle story of Jesus feeding 5,000 people with five loaves of barley bread and two fish. Now, I say all of that because context is so very important. The context in which anyone says anything is important. But context is especially important in the Bible. Looking at what Jesus says about bread and wine, flesh and blood, 
remembering that he is in the Gospel of John saying all this in the context of a miraculous feeding of 5,000 people helps us understand what Jesus is saying in these passages. As my clergy colleague and friend Kelly Moody pointed out to me, for the last several Sundays, Jesus has been talking about the bread that comes down from heaven and equating himself with the manna that fed the people of God when they wandered in the wilderness. But in this passage this morning, Jesus makes a pivot from talking about bread to talking about flesh. And as Kelly says, flesh is not a word that we use much in everyday conversation. But if you were someone who was reading the Gospel of John from beginning to end in one seating, if you were reading this from cover to cover for the very first time, that word flesh would remind you of something. It would pull out of your memory early in the story a thread that is connecting all the way back to the beginning of John's Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, word was God, and the culmination of that prologue in the Gospel of John, the way that John tells the Christmas story, not with shepherds or angels, the way that John tells the Christmas story is the famous phrase, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word of God, the creative breath of God, became a real live human being and lived among us. Jesus is the Word of God in carne, in flesh. That's the point that John is trying to get us to see throughout the entire Gospel. And that is a point I think it's important for us to remember now in our context. Worshiping here together, some of us tiptoeing back in, some of us watching from home, depriving ourselves over the last 15 months of regular, normal communion for the sake of safety, and even now participating in communion in a different kind of way, with different kind of bread and a different kind of wine at a different time in the service. Having to rethink what it means to receive communion, to be in community. And what a good time to remember the overall thread and message in the Gospel of John that we human beings meet God. And not only meet God, but mutually dwell in the mystery that is God through the most ordinary, everyday stuff of bread and wine. At the feeding of the 5,000 in all four Gospels, Jesus takes, blesses, breaks, and gives. At the table, during the Last Supper in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus takes, blesses, breaks, and gives. The feeding of the 5,000 in John. The same actions are repeated, and each and every Sunday here at this table, the same actions 
are repeated. The same dynamic happens. Taking, blessing, breaking, and giving. The good news for us this morning is that God takes what we give God, no matter how big or small it is. Think about it. When Jesus hears that someone has five loaves of barley bread and two fish, he does not mock. He doesn't say, five loaves, two fish? What are you thinking? What am I supposed to do with this? There are 5,000 people here. No. God takes. God accepts what is offered. God takes, God accepts what we offer to God, no matter how insignificant or inconsequential we think our offering might be. If we offer it to God, if we turn it over to God, God accepts it. God receives it. And just like in the feeding of the 5,000, God doesn't just take what we offer. God blesses what we offer. God makes what we offer to God holy. God turns it into something holy. And not only that, not only does God take and bless what we offer to God, God breaks it open, divides it. God makes a miracle of it. God turns, turns a food shortage into a food abundance. And just as important, and for some people, just as miraculous, God turns our shortage mentality into an abundance mentality. Every Sunday, your offerings, every day of the week, every hour of every day of the week, your offerings, your offerings of bread and wine, your financial offerings, your offerings of energy and passion. Your offerings are symbolically gathered up and then they are literally placed on this table. And what happens to them? What happens to what you offer God? The bread and the wine and the money are taken, blessed, broken, and given, given right back to you and to a hungry and thirsty world in a new and miraculous form. What we give to God is given right back to us and to the world in the new and miraculous form of the body and blood and the ongoing ministries of the body of Christ, the church. On this... All four Gospels agree. That which we give to God, God takes, blesses, breaks, and then gives it right back to us and to others. You cannot outgive God. Amen. <laughs>